ringers, guys. Yo. Psst, guys, we're here. It's the end of a season. Ah. Oh. Ringers, it is our end of season Q&A episode, and that means that we're at the end of season eight. Dan, can you even believe that we're saying that? Yeah, it's kind of sad. Like, I always feel a little bit bummed when we're at the end of a season. You know, everybody knows if you've been following us for a while, we do 12 episode seasons and it flies. This year was particularly interesting for all the reasons that we're going to talk about in this episode after this. It's bananas. Yeah, but Dan, I don't want you to be bummed because this is a really good episode and I think it's going to make you really happy. So that's good. We talk about a lot of different things in this episode. Y'all submitted your questions. We gave you our answers. We gave you a ton of really good stuff. So give it a listen. I can probably promise you that you're dealing with at least one of these things in these questions. So give it a listen and just have a really lovely time with us. Yep. And if you are one of those lucky Patreon people, after this episode, we take our normal, you know, after season break for a little bit. Keep in touch with us on Instagram and Patreon. If you're not in Patreon, get over there right now. Patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. You can ask us questions in there. We're still going to be hopping in there. Keep in touch with us on Instagram as well. Um, And we're still going to be doing our get togethers, our ringer club meetups. So keep in touch there. We're still going to be hanging out there and having a good time. So let's do it. Hey there, ringers. Welcome to the Put a Ring on It podcast. I'm Daniel Pasternak, wedding planner of DPNAC Events. And I'm Daniel Moyer, wedding photographer of Daniel Moyer Photography. Together, we are two wedding pros sharing our best tips, tricks, and advice for planning a wedding that feels good to you. Because planning a wedding is hard work, but not anymore, because we've got your back. So Dan, are you ready? You know it. Let's do this. What's up, ringers? This is Dan from the Put a Ring on a Podcast. Is it Dan? Because this is Danielle. Dan, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. This is like I feel like a surreal episode because at the end of every season, we look back and I feel like or this is the season that we had like the greatest change in thinking about COVID and rescheduling weddings and postponing weddings and what a just interesting year it has been, right? Both growth for the podcast, which is awesome, and growth for us as professionals, but also a lot of new things happened this year for a lot of people, right? Yeah, I'll make the world turned upside down for my Hamilton friends out there. Yeah, it's been interesting. But like we've gone obviously through this year together and we've been putting out episodes. And I always like when we are able to do these end of year Q&A episodes because it just feels like what you're asking, we're answering. And, you know, obviously Dan and I are here to like serve you guys and get you answers to the questions that you have. And this is literally exactly what this episode is. It's just that you ask questions. We answer them. Yeah, and I love it. And, you know, we get to talk about a lot of different topics too. So I always like that too. Yeah. I think that my favorite topics that pop up throughout the year, like, you know, we always do a lot of planning preseason, right? And we could not have planned talking about a pandemic or talking about some of the things that we talked about this year. But we just really appreciate you guys submitting questions on topics that uh, we would never think to bring up or that we would never think to talk about. And we're going to talk about some today that I'm pretty excited about. So yeah, let's do or this. sometimes they're also like questions that they don't warrant a full episode, right? But you still have the question. So by all means, let's cover it. And one of the great things that happened in 2020, because like silver lining, making lemonade, right, is that we started our Instagram page. And that's allowed us to be even more interactive and able to talk with all of you folks out there a whole lot more. So I'm so happy we did it. I don't know why we didn't do it sooner, but we did it. 
And it's been a lot of fun. So a lot of these questions actually came from our Instagram friends. And speaking of Instagram, that is how you guys can keep in touch with us. That and Patreon um, are how you keep in touch with us on our off-season break. At the end of every season, we take a break, we regroup, we figure out what we want to do next. We look at the questions that people have brought to us, and we figure out what the heck we want to do. Yeah. For those of you that are new, the way we've always done this podcast, literally from day one, which is pretty impressive to see how consistent we've been with it, but we've always done 12 episode seasons. We've put out a new episode every other week, and then we've taken a few weeks off to take a break. And that's like our time to recharge our batteries, to rethink about what we want to do for the upcoming season. It's a chance for Dan and I to like regather our thoughts and make sure that what we're doing is good because it is so much work putting out this podcast, you guys, and we love doing it, but it is our time to do it. But that's the great thing about our podcast now is that we now have 96 episodes plus even more in the bank for you to go back and listen to. So if you're just joining us now, please go back and enjoy all those wonderful things because there's some good stuff in there. Yep. We're going to take a break after this episode for a little bit. We're going to recharge our family batteries. We're going to recharge our self batteries, take care of our clients and stuff because there's uh, a lot of our couples need a little more of us than normal. Um, we want to make sure that they're feeling the love right now too. So don't worry, we will be back. But without further ado, shall we jump in? Yeah, let's jump in. I'm holding my nose as I dive because I can't, I can't jump into water without holding my nose. You can't? You just blow out. You just go... I can't do it. I have to hold my nose. All right. Well, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to say that this first one is from at Andy McCoy. What are alternative activities for a crowd who doesn't like to dance? I love this question. Yep. We're going to be seeing this more and more too. Yeah. Well, right. Because in your area, dancing might not be allowed or it might be suggested that dancing doesn't happen. But I think so often dance is the like given, right? Like, oh, well, of course, you're going to go to a wedding, you're going to dance, but not everyone likes to dance or wants that as part of their wedding. So I like when people say like, hey, I'm not sure if this is going to be for us. But the best way to go about it is think of dancing as entertainment, right? So if you're replacing the entertainment factor, what's something that you do like or what's something that your guests do like? There's a ton of different ideas out there. Dan, do you want to um, go through some of them? Yeah, I mean, you know, one of our favorite things that I saw was way back when at uh, Lauren and Sean's wedding, obviously, was the strolling magician, a dude who literally dressed in a suit, looks like a normal guy. Shout out to uh, Magic Mike. Awesome. And he was just walking around doing magic in front of people, right? Yeah, it wasn't like clowny. It wasn't like hokey or anything like it wasn't tacky. It was just fun. It was good fun. It was it was mind blowing. But he was totally unassuming. He just looked like a guest like everybody. He didn't have that magician children's birthday party magician vibe. Yeah. There's other people like in that same vein, too, right? Like I've seen caricature artists. I've seen tattoo artists. I've seen poems and and you know people crowd around the live artists who do like a painting that kind of thing right yeah i love that stuff for sure i mean we've done stuff where there's been a lot of games involved so we've brought in arcade games board games casino tables obviously there's things like cornhole or lawn games if you're going for something more casual i love that stuff because it's completely unexpected when people attend a wedding and it makes them really excited Yep. There's also, um, I'm trying to think of what this woman's name is. I cannot remember, but she's like a wine experience creator, I guess is the best way to describe it. So, well, everybody knows of like whiskey bars and cigar bars and things like that, where she creates these like mini tastings for small groups of people. And you can hire her for weddings where she creates almost like an informative little show about 
different wines and the process and how to taste them differently and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty cool. Right. Again, think of dancing as the factor in the algebraic equation that that is entertainment, right? So what else could you do in place that would entertain everybody? And it might be a few different things happening. I love the idea of focusing the entertainment around like a really amazing food experience. Like you can do it with stations and where they're learning stuff or, you know, things like that. I love that. There's also group things like murder mystery or karaoke or one thing I saw once that I loved was the couple still hired a band, but the band was more of a show band. I mean, people could have danced if they wanted to, but the wedding we did was unreal. Everybody was just watching this band perform because they were amazing and they created this whole light show and it was just so much fun to watch. So they weren't big on dancing, but they still had a really great time with the band factor. So think outside the box, but there's a ton of things. It just shakes down to what do you like to do and what do you want to do and what do your guests want to do? Absolutely. All right. So our next question comes from at Alana Mango. And guys, if we pronounce any of these wrong, forgive us. We're in our 30s. So we're not as hip on the (laughs) username lingo, I guess. But Alana says, our vendors are booked. And now we're waiting for fall 2021. What can we plan? Everything. (laughs) Well, I have a feeling that you are very much not alone in this boat because I have a lot of clients in the same situation too, where we've got everything booked. Now we're just kind of waiting. But I think once you get your vendors booked, there's this lull that happens. It's very normal. I get that it feels uneasy and that it's a little strange feeling, but that doesn't mean you can't make some progress within the planning world. Now, few things that come to mind. First, the holidays are upon us, guys. Unless your wedding's happening in January, it's okay to take a break and just put wedding on the back burner and spend time with your friends and your family, however you're able to do that safely this year, obviously. But know that it's okay to not be planning 24-7. But also, if there's something that you want to get done, just because you have your vendors booked doesn't mean that you can't start tackling things off the list. Dan, do you have any suggestions for like what they can be doing? Yeah, I've seen an uptick in engagement sessions, and I think many people's engagement has now been extended, right? What happens a lot during the engagement process is you're just shelling out money, right? You're giving deposits and you're kind of waiting, right? And I think one of the most beautiful ways that you can give yourself something tangible right now is to do an engagement session and to do an engagement session, not for save the dates. I mean, you can use them for save the dates. That is definitely a bonus, but that is not the goal of an engagement session. The goal of your engagement session is to give you something tangible to enjoy from right now at this amazing time of your lives, right? So if you've got your photographer, ask them about engagement pictures, ask them about, you know, can you have a little book made out of the photograph? that you can sit and enjoy and love on. And that's something tangible that you can invest your money in, you know, to remember this time of your lives, right? So if your wedding is about family and friends and all those people coming together under one roof for a happy reason, then the wedding ends up being this like amazing opportunity that you're creating for everybody to come together, right? So if the wedding is about that, then your engagement session is to celebrate everything that's brought the two of you to right now totally different. And the wedding can have a tradition and expectation and opinion behind it. The engagement session is just for you and it is only for you and nobody else can have any say over it. So it's something that's really good to kind of like 
fill your love tank, especially if it's being depleted right now by rescheduling and all that kind of stuff. Feel me? Yeah, I totally feel you. Dan, I don't think I told you this, but you'll be very proud of me. So if y'all have been along on the ride of this podcast for a while, you'll know that, well, Dan's a photographer, so he gets really passionate about this, but I've never been a person that really love getting my picture taken. So I don't even have a ton of photos around in my house. But this past, I think it was around Labor Day weekend. Yes, it was because it was around my birthday. I had Mike, my fiance, Mike, who's also a photographer, not as much as Dan, but is capable with a camera. I had him take pictures of us and the kiddo and my parents and all that stuff because I was like, I want photos of us and I want updated photos and I think it's really important and it was so much fun. It was pretty easy to put together. I kind of threw it at my parents last minute so they wouldn't stress about it, but I now have such good photos and I printed out the photos and I have them up in my house and I have them in frames and I'm at a chapter of life just to be super transparent with all you guys where I don't love how I look right now, but I am really thankful for those photos because it documented this chapter of life for us. And to have them up still feels really good. And it feels nice to have pictures of our faces throughout the house. And I've always battled with the fact that like it feels really um, not selfish and maybe narcissistic is too extreme of a word, but it feels weird. But like it's really made me really happy. So if you're out there kind of battling the idea of taking photos together with your partner, I really recommend it because it's just it's a really great time. You kind of could snuggle up on each other and and do all that. But it's kind of nice to just have those photos from this season of life. It's just a reminder, right? I think for me, the way that I talk to a lot of my couples about engagement pictures is like there are a few times as exciting as right now in our lives, right? And life, as we all know, tries to derail us. And the real joy behind printing pictures is to be able to look back at right now and literally see I love you written on your wall, right? To see your connection, to see your relationship. And that's, I think, the true joy and the goal behind anytime you print pictures. Yeah, for sure. Well, jumping back into the question that Alana had, she was saying, you know, our vendors are booked. Now we're waiting for fall. What can we plan? Just to give a shameless plug here, I actually have a full 14-month planning checklist that is in my <laughs> do shop. You? Yeah, I do. <laughs> it's very interactive. It's built in Google Sheets. It's designed to keep you focused, but I've organized it specifically to give you something to do every single month of your wedding planning experience. So if you guys want to snag that, I will put a link to it in the show notes, but it's the shop.dpnac.com shop is where you can find it and get your shop on. Why 14 months instead of 12? Because a lot of people don't get engaged into one year and start jumping into planning. So I like to kind of spread it out, but it's super easy to move stuff around and move dates around. And guys, it's so much fun and I love it. Yeah. I mean, the lull is going to happen, but you'll see right at that, like, three month mark, everything starts to pile up, right? So it's interesting because it piles up because everything is like dependent on the other thing before it, right? So just be prepared for the ramp up at that three month mark where things are going to start really getting crazy. It's the ebb and flow, guys. It's the ebb and flow where sometimes you're going to have a lot on your plate. Sometimes you're going to have less on your plate, right? And it's when we have a lot on our plate that we're going, ah, oh, I just wish I didn't have so much on my plate. And then somehow when we have not as much on our plate, we're going, ah, oh, what am I missing? <laughs> yep. And you know, it's a good thing you could probably plan right now. You can plan your two week reconnection date that we've talked about in many podcasts before, uh, where the two of you, as the madness is happening, the three months beforehand at that one week or two week mark, you're going to go have a date night. You're going to go have a weekend somewhere where you just get to reconnect with each other and be excited about the wedding. Plan that now. All right, moving on to the next question. This question comes from at Heather the Feather, one, two, three. Heather the Feather. <laughs> I love that. 
And saying it out loud actually was a lot more fun than I was anticipating. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> she asks, how do you deal with family drama that comes from reduced guest lists due to COVID? Ooh, take it away, Danielle. A, family drama sucks, right? There's just no other way to put it. I'm sorry that you're going through that, Heather the Feather, one, two, three. But I feel like there's a few ways you can take this, right? You may want to take it several different ways, right? But you got to do what's best for you. The first way to consider is maybe focus on the positive, right? Perhaps they were just really excited to celebrate your wedding with you, right? And they love you a lot. When you take the drama part out of it and you know, okay, they're acting this way because that's what they wanted and that's what means a lot to them, maybe that will help you navigate these waters a little bit better that, okay, that feels good. But I can also argue that if they really loved it and respected you that much, they would maybe understand your decision and that you're limited by what restrictions are in place. But maybe that's just me. <laughs> Because here's what we know, right? It's just a fact. No one likes to be excluded. There is a pandemic that we're in right now and that you as ringers who are trying to plan a wedding are having to deal with on top of the current stress of planning a wedding. It is a lot and it's not easy. But when you have restrictions and government mandates and all these things in place saying, hey, couple, you can only have 50, 25, 100, whatever number it is, people at your wedding, this is no longer a matter of who do we want to come to our wedding? Who do we don't want to come to our wedding? You're put into a position that is really, really tough, but no one likes to feel excluded. So my challenge to you is what can you do in place of inviting them to your wedding to make them still feel included and special and somehow part of the day? Many couples right now are live streaming their event. A lot of DJs and tech companies can make this really easy for you. If you're like, I have no idea where to start, a quick Google search, I promise you a ton of people are offering it now than ever before. Another thing is like, can you get married now, but then have your larger laid back celebration, a formal celebration, whatever it is, when your area allows for that again, and let them know, hey, we're in a tough spot right now. Like we have to really narrow this down, but we cannot wait to celebrate with you, family drama person. But like, <laughs> this is what we're really excited for. And when we are able to celebrate, dude, like we are going to celebrate hard. Exactly. And maybe just communicating that to them. Like don't underestimate the power of just having a conversation with them and letting them know the difficult spot you're in. Because maybe they just don't know. You're following the news of event gathering limitations in a much different way than they are. So try to keep that open mind. But family drama sucks. <laughs> and at the end of it, like, it's tough when you can't control somebody else, right? So focus on the things you can control. And if after all said and done, you had that conversation and they're still being a J-E-R-K, and I spell that because my kiddos can hear me out in the living room and I don't want them to know what that word is yet. You can only do so much, right? And it's easier said than done, but take a deep breath and focus on the person you're going to marry and the positivity that person brings in your life and the fact that after this day, you're still going to get married, you're still going to go forward and you're still going to be together and it's going to be amazing. Yeah, look at it like this. If you've done everything in your power to help that person understand where you're coming from, to give them ways to still partake in it all, and they're still not happy, this is where you decide, well, I'm not sure what else I can do. And then you walk in the other direction from it. And that's okay. And we commend you for that. The next one from Sarah Southwhite says, what do you think of venues that provide everything, including the DJ and the photographers? Ooh, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on this. <laughs> and can you spell that for me? E W H H G G G G. Sorry. 
this is an interesting one because I'm starting to see it more like venues just adding these like little things on here and there, right? Like there's different styles in DJs, but DJs are different than photographers, right? Like there is massive wide style differences in photography. You know, with a DJ, they can say, oh, you know, this person, you know, works exclusively here. They're really good. They get to know you really well and they can mold their style and just basically play the music you want to hear and move on. With photography, like I said, there's such a huge wide stylistic choice that I feel like maybe the venue ends up kind of doing a disservice to you by just saying, oh no, we'll take care of that. They take that choice away from you, which is unfair because who's to say that their style or their choice of a wedding photography is exactly right for you. Right. It's such a personal decision. Like photography is one of the few things that you carry with you after the wedding day. The flowers die, you know, the food is eaten and that's all gone. But photography is one of the things that lasts far beyond it. So that is really tough. I think for me, every time I look at something like that, A, I feel it's really hard to do all the things, and I put those in bunny ears, all the things well, right? Like if you're trying to do too much, you're starting to fail or at least not be great at something. And that's okay. But the second thing I look at is what's the motive behind this? If a venue has found the area's absolute best DJ and the best photographer, I would still argue the photography thing, but I can kind of understand it on the DJ thing. And they just say, hey, we've done the legwork. This DJ is amazing. They're professional. They play exactly what you want. They keep the crowd dancing. And like their motive is to give their guests at their venue a great experience, maybe. But any time I've seen a venue start adding on a whole bunch of other things, it's usually a profit thing versus a great service thing. So to me, that's where my little red flags start going up to be like, mm, but I don't know if it's so good. Yeah, like there's one place close to us. There's a photography company that works like within this venue and they do a lot of weddings there, but they're not the exclusive one. They just say, hey, this person has like a studio here. They do a lot of weddings here, but you could still bring an outside photographer in, but they just have like a partnership, right? It's a little bit of both. It keeps the photographer and his staff busy. And then the venue also gets to, you know, add this other service and make them look good. I'm good with that. Yeah, I mean, it's a different case, but there's other places. There's one, you know, even a little further away that like there is a studio on site and they really want you to use that person. But again, you can bring that outside. It depends on how they're approaching this with you. They're saying, hey, you come here, you use these people or you come here. Here's some options that we have. You can go with our in-house photographer as an option. It's like what Danielle said. There's like this service side of it where they can offer you this other thing because they want to be a full service venue. Sometimes they are just trying to make it easier for you too. It's a wide world of vendors out there and they're trying to make it easy and say, hey, we've worked with these people before. We've vetted them. They're really good and go from there. But it just helps to do a little bit more digging, I would say. Yep. All right. On to our next question. This is from at Serenade. They say, is it worth it to pay for custom signage that likely won't be used after the day. And I think in this case, they're talking about things like, hey, so-and-so and so-and-so and and their wedding date and, you know, all those different things that are very custom and specific to these two people getting married on that day. Um, Like, if it's going to enhance your, like, guest experience to have, like, these cool things out, I don't know, if it's just, like, maybe a blank sign that isn't that big of a deal, I don't know, maybe you don't want to do it, but maybe you're getting like one of those cool neon signs that like lights up behind your sweetheart table. That's going to add like this little wow effect. Yeah, do it. I almost said F yeah, that would have been bad. (laughs) Yeah, I think little details like that 
are not the make or break of your wedding. Guests don't leave going, oh, can you believe they didn't have any signage? Like, right? That doesn't happen. That's not a thing. And if it does, they're not invited to the next party you host. How about that? But it just kind of adds to the overall experience. So you don't want to have 40 billion signs out. But if you can do some things in ways that make little impacts, I like it. And sometimes there's things that can be used in your house. I've often seen it become the guest book that everybody signs. And then it's hung in a couple's house. And that's a really nice little memento from the day, but there just is a lot of waste with regard to weddings. And signage sometimes is one of them. So it's up to you to determine the value of that. But personally, without overdoing it, I'm a big fan. Here's another one from Anna McCann. How far in advance should you be booking vendors like photographers, bands, etc., as far out as possible? Done. Moving on. There we go. Well, again, I'm going to give a shout out to that planning checklist that I talked about earlier that's over in my shop at DPNAC. Guys, in that checklist, it breaks down kind of the hierarchy of when you want to book everybody. But yeah, once you determine your venue and your date, it's time to book your key vendors because they can only service one wedding per day or per weekend. You want to start with them. But here's the thing. Everything that you're going to Google and read online will be like, yeah, you can book your floor six months before the date. Okay, cool. If you're getting married in 2021 or even 2022, the sooner the better that you can book these vendors because of the effects of COVID right now. Keep in mind, I don't know what the percentage is, but I would say 80 to 90% of weddings did not happen in 2020 as planned. I'm totally pulling those numbers out of my tush, but a lot of things got postponed, which means all of our availability is completely bonkers right now. So you are like moving forward with this wedding. It's time to book the vendors. Don't drag your feet on it because it's just everybody's availability is crazy. Yeah. And even just in quote unquote normal times, people book up at different rates. Like I'm booked up 12 to 15, sometimes 18 months in advance, you know, but I also have friends who like their couples are regularly booking 12 to nine months in advance. You know, it's all over the place, but you can never like, especially if you've got some dream vendors that you really want to get on, get on them as soon as possible. Earlier is better. There's no reason to like really not book them early, right? Is there a reason why? Well, yes, COVID. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, I mean, I think anytime you're signing on the dotted line and committing yourself to money, know your risks, right? Know your risks with hiring the vendors because it's just fact that right now a pandemic is going on. It's affecting large events. So be smart about who you're hiring, but don't drag your feet just for the sake of dragging your feet. Oh, the next one. Oh, right. It's a sweetie pie. Would you want to ask it? Sure. From Kale Whale 811, what are ways to incorporate grandparents into your day? Uh, adorable. Yeah. To which I say any way humanly possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, totes adorbs. Right. I don't have grandparents anymore, guys. you got grandparents in your lives. Incorporate them in any way, shape, and form possible that makes sense for them. Especially if they're really important to you, right? Like I'm assuming if you're asking this question, they're very important to you. Some of my very favorite pictures from our wedding is like my aunts are so funny with my grandma who's since passed away but like they're all like oh be careful with Graham you know don't push her too fast in the wheelchair or whatever and like I don't know if you remember this from our wedding but like oh, I do I pulled my Grammy out onto that dance floor right? like she's sitting there and she's clapping and whatever and it's really sweet and I was like F this and I think it was shout came on right and I pushed her out into the middle of the dance floor and she's eating it and she's like living it up and my aunts are in the background of the picture 
pictures and they're like, oh, like you can see them like covering their face, like real nervous. It was hilarious. But my grandma's like eating it up. Right. And then we all like, you know, there's that part where like you get low, everybody lays on the floor and the joy on my grandmother's face is priceless. Right. She didn't have an official way in the wedding or official capacity, but you know, let's be honest. I think sometimes it's really easy for like people to like go and take like a picture with Graham and then move on um, or picture with grandparents or whatever and move on. Bring them in to the dance floor. I've seen grandparents as flower girls. I've seen them as, you know, readers and all that kind of stuff. But any way you possibly can, right? Danielle said it best. Any way you possibly can, even if it's not formal, but just rather than letting them sit, you know, somewhere, pull them in. Drag them in. Yeah, guys, we did a whole episode on this too, not that long ago either. Episode 93, Involving Family in Your Wedding Day. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but it is a great episode to listen to. We really get into a bunch of different ideas there. Some Dan just mentioned, but we really talk about um, all of that stuff. So it's a really good episode to go back and listen to. I highly recommend it. All right. Last question, last but not least. Last one. What? No. All right, fine. I couldn't choose everybody's questions. There was a lot of questions. So I picked some good ones. They're really good. From Court Maland. How do I get my fiance excited about helping me plan our wedding? Court, my girl. I know Court because she talks to me a lot. Girl, use force and ultimatums. (laughs) (laughs) Kidding. I'm kidding. Guys, communicate. There's so many levels to all of this, right? I think it's really hard as you kind of go through this process if you're not really on the same page. It's why Dan and I talk often about like really doing your best you can to get on the same page as early as possible. But it also really comes down to not expecting anybody to be a mind reader, right? Sometimes we just approach things really differently, but don't blame or don't expect someone to just automatically know what you want. You have to kind of express what you want or need and ask them to meet you there or meet you halfway there or ask what you can do that would make them want to get involved. And I'm learning this. I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, but at least I know, Dan, you know, my fiance, Mike, is my whole world. I love him to the ends of the earth. But when it comes to having emotions, for my Harry Potter friends, he has the emotional range of a teaspoon. He doesn't get super excited just the same as he doesn't get super sad or mad. Like he stays pretty even keel, which to me, initially, I was like, why are you not like excited? Because I am not as excitable as Dan, but I'm a feeler. I'm an emotional person. I wear my emotions very much on my sleeve. So it took me a really long time to understand that Mike is excited. He just doesn't show it in the same way that I do. I'm like clapping and jumping up and down and like giddy and all those things. And he's like, yeah, it's going to be great. Dude! (laughs) (laughs) work with me here but it's tough it's taking me gosh we're together now almost eight years it's taking me and I'm still learning what it means for him to be excited or what it means for him to be sad or any of those emotions so maybe what you're saying to your fiance if you've already said like hey I need you to be excited maybe they think they are being excited they're just not showing it in a way that you're reading as well Yep. Well, you said it before, but a big part of it comes down to finding out what they're excited about and what they want to take over, right? Like it just comes down to communication, right? Are they excited about the photography? Are they excited about pictures? Are they excited about music, right? And get them on that and say, hey, you know, give them jobs, right? If you are the foreman, delegate to your workers and whatever that looks like. And just know that not everybody's going to be super excited about every little detail. And I've talked about that even as a wedding photographer, even as somebody who's in the industry, you know, other things that my wife came to me and said, Hey, I need help with this. And I was just like, ah, whatever you want, babe, you know, which is the cop out answer. But now they can look at back 
added after the fact, you know, she was really just coming to me to say, hey, and including me, which is really sweet that she wanted to include me because I've definitely seen cases where people are not including the other person. They're just making all decisions. Right, exactly. And I think to say, like, how do I get this person to be excited? I want you to get clarity on that. What does that look like to you? Like, does that mean that when you're talking about wedding planning that they're giving you their undivided attention? It is not uncommon that I'm having a chat with a bride and her groom is like sitting right next to her, but his eyes are clearly on the football game that's on the screen, right? Like you could just feel it. It feels really weird. Like maybe that's what it is. Like, do you want just like, hey, when we're talking about this, I want you here. Like I want us both here. I don't want any distractions. That's what I mean by I want you to be excited. Or is it like being proactive and looking up and contacting vendors? Is it bringing the topic up? Is it saying, hey, let's talk about the wedding tonight? Like what makes it exciting? Like what makes them be like, oh, that's it. They're excited about the wedding. I think if you can get granular and clarity on that, that might help you in saying to your partner, like, hey, it would mean a lot to me if you did that and go from there. Yeah. And again, like being in the wedding industry as we were planning, like there were a lot of things where it was like, oh, what do we want to do for colors? So it's like blue and yellow. Move on next. Right. Like I thought about those things, but I didn't enjoy planning. Right. Like I wanted the people. I needed the people around me. You know, everybody's excited really for the wedding day. But you just have to put that in terms of like breaking things down. Right. So the people were important to me. And when you figure that out, you say, okay, well, what's going to make my people happy? That's going to make me look good. Right. And that came down to DJ that came down to food and venue. Right. So when you kind of remind them of those things that they're going to be excited for the day, but if it's guest experience, they're excited about figure out ways to bring up guest experience and have them give their input on that guest experience or whatever that thing is that they're, you know, saying that they're excited about. Yeah. And Court, we did a whole episode on this too. Episode 91, How to Be a Great Groom. We talk a lot about these different things in that episode. Maybe on the next car trip, be like, hey, I like this podcast. Maybe we should listen to the next episode and stick it on. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. So guess what? That's it for season eight. Yo, it has been a ride. 2020 has been something. And I hope that in a couple of years when people are listening to this, they're like, yo, remember freaking 2020 <laughs> bananas. Yeah, guys, thank you. You have made season eight incredible for us. You've shown up and shown support in ways that we could have never even imagined. And we're really just thankful that you are always on this journey with us. We're beyond thankful for that. But like I said at the top of the show, if you're new, if you're just joining us and you're like, oh, man, A, we're not going anywhere. We're just taking a little bitty bit break. But we have over 90 episodes to go back and listen to while we're on break. There are things here that a lot of this stuff is evergreen. You are going to be able to listen to it and get a ton of information from it for sure. Yep. So guys, we're going to announce the start of season nine on our Patreon and our Instagram soon. So keep checking there. If you are not on Patreon yet, what in the world are you waiting for? But keep connecting with us on both platforms. We're not going anywhere there. We love you all. We're going to get through this together. And we'll see you in 2021. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Put a Ring on It podcast. Hey, before we wrap up this episode, we want to take a minute and give lots of love and virtual high fives to all of our Patreon supporters. We wouldn't be here without you. You guys are the best. Yeah, you are. And if you want to join this fabulous community of ringers, because let's be real, things are way easier when you have a solid support system who's going through it just like you are. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I, or just click the link in the show notes. 
Yeah, not only are you helping out our show, but we are committed to bringing you a ton of extra help along the way. Like we've said, we've got your back. Another way you can show your support is to rate, review, and subscribe in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. If you want to dive deeper on anything that we talked about today, check out the show notes at putaringonitpodcast.com. And don't forget to connect with us on Instagram, where you can catch some more tips, see Dan's amazing photos, and watch some behind-the-scenes bloopers. Follow us at Put A Ring On It Podcast. Now, friends, remember, we are here to help you, but no matter whose advice you follow or what decisions you make, know that your wedding is going to be amazing. Because you rock! <laughs> Until next time, ringers. <laughs>